Let's get back to the drive on the home of the Sens, TSN 1200. Now it's time for Need to Know Basis. Welcome back to the drive. Lieber Sage, AJ Jackie, Matt Conesvita. All right, a lot to get to in what you need to know. You need to know, first of all, that the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets are in talks with the Green Bay Packers about Aaron Rodgers. And apparently the full court press is on from the Jets, including a lot of their players taking to social media to try and convince Aaron Rodgers to come to New York. See ya, Aaron. yippee ki uh, but it would make for a lot of drama continuing. Aaron Rodgers in New York. Aaron Rodgers talking to the media in New York. Actually, might be pretty good. Uh, Think of some of the headlines oh. and how surly. Oh, it's going to be the best. It, it'll be good. Uh, a lot of games going on in the NHL tonight. No John Tavares, even though he's feeling better. He is still going to be out. And Ryan O'Reilly, successful surgery on his finger, but he is going to be out four weeks for the Leafs. So they are in New Jersey tonight to take on the Devils. Games that matter to the Ottawa Senators. The Columbus Blue Jackets. They always seem to be in a game that matters to the Ottawa Senators somehow, some way. Uh, They're in Pittsburgh tonight to take on the Penguins. The Vegas Golden Knights, they visit Florida. And how about this one? The Buffalo Sabres on Long Island to take on the Islanders. No three-point games. If you're a Sens fan, that is what you are looking for. Brad Gushu and Team Canada, 4-1 and one going up against Brendan Botcher, 5-0. and oh. Right now in the fourth end, both in Pool B, it's 1-1. Brendan Botcher has the hammer in fourth end. And by the way, Manitoba's Matt Dunstone, still undefeated over in Pool A. Got some soccer to be able to talk about, AJ. A couple of Champions League games going on. And just one is underway right now. The other starts in five minutes. Five I have minutes. no idea why. Starts at 310, Chelsea and Dortmund. I was Dortmund one. up uh, 1-0 on aggregate. Tejon Buchanan in the lineup today for Bruges. They're down 2-0 on aggregate. They've already given up a goal in the second minute, so it's 3-0 Benfica on aggregate ahead of uh, Club Bruges. Ollie Palmer scored for Wrexham. They lead 1-0 over Dagenred, a chance to build on their lead in the National League. So they look to get promoted, Ryan Reynolds. Something that weirded me out for a long time, but now I absolutely love because I'm prepared for it is how, and we used to air EPL games on the radio on the weekends, and the announcers would always give, like, the standings based on current scores. Like, they'll already award the points for a draw or a win. Live table, they call it. And They don't award the win, it's just a live table. Sure. I I don't know the the verbiage, but when I look at the table right now, Wrexham, now have a four-point lead over Knotts County. And I love that. I love that they do that in soccer. It took me some getting used to, but now that I'm used to it, I love it. It's great. Go Wrexham. Should also mention that the deadline for the franchise tag 
in the National Football League comes up in about 53 minutes from now. Uh, still no word on Lamar Jackson. No, there's word. He's been uh, franchise tagged. Oh, he has? Yeah. In the last couple of minutes. Okay. Yeah. We'll the see. 30, so the Ravens sent notice, this, uh, according to Adam Schefter, two minutes ago, the Ravens sent notice to the NFLPA that they placed the 32.41 million non-exclusive franchise tag on quarterback Lamar Jackson. He now is allowed to negotiate with other teams, but the Ravens have the right to match any offer sheet he signs or take two first-round picks in return. Hmm. So it feels like Aaron Rodgers to the Jets and Lamar Jackson TBD, right? And you would think they would probably match the offer, but it depends, right? If all the he's wanted a bunch of guaranteed money, so if he gets yeah, I was going to say all the guaranteed money he wants, maybe they take the two first round picks, especially if it's against you know if it's a team that's not very good. Well, that would be a big decision for them. Going back and forth, back and forth. He wants a ton of guaranteed money. Yeah. And you know what? You're worth what you can get. And if he can get it from somewhere, good for him. I don't know with his lack of production and a host of injuries that I would be giving him the most guaranteed money in the history of the National Football League, which is pretty much what he's asking for. I understand he's a really, really good player. I I love watching Lamar Jackson play. He's just been hurt too much, and his team has been hurt too much around him. I just don't know if I could do that. And if I could get two first-round picks back, now I better have a good plan B. And it's not going to be as good as Lamar Jackson. Meantime, Tom Brady. Oh, God. Responded to those reports that I saw something about kittens. He might not be done after all. Playing in the NFL. Said anyone who thinks I have time to come back to the NFL has never adopted a two month old kitten for their daughter. Kitten's not a puppy, Tom. Well, your kitten will settle in. Okay, so would you guys say that that's more of a? I don't think it really matters. Well, what's he trying to accomplish? Just to keep people guessing? Does he just want people guessing more? Because that's not a definitive statement either way. No. Like, there's a lot to be read into that on both sides. I think he's just toying with people again because he hasn't decided. Not dull, right? If Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, and Tom Brady are all potentially moving. I was going to say even in the same division, but no. <laughs> Be a hell of a division, though, if Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, and Tom Brady were all in the same division. And the hoodie. Right. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. Because the, the storylines, yep. having to play them twice a year within the division, mm-hmm. certainly interesting. It's a delicious possibility. From the outside, but I would wonder how people, like if you're a Jets fan, do you want Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback? You probably do because you've sucked for so long and the rest of your team's actually pretty good. You probably do. 
But I can't think there's many fan bases that would think I want Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback right now. If I was a Jets fan, I think I would. Right. They're probably one of the few fan bases that that would. Because I feel like all of a sudden they're in the mix. And there's a reason why they're, they have the seventh best odds right now. I know. To win the Super Bowl. Which would drop if Aaron Rodgers signed there. Which would be amazing to me because he would still be fourth or fifth best in the conference. I mean, the top three are for sure Mahomes and then Burrow and then Allen or Allen and then Burrow, whatever what you want to do. Well, oh, it's Burrow ahead of Allen, I think. Yeah. Too many unforced errors. Yeah, Burrow doesn't make the same mistakes. Allen at his best is incredible, but there's too many dumb mistakes. He's he's a definitive number three in that group for me. Okay, I think it's more of a discussion, but regardless, they are the top three before Aaron Rodgers goes to any team. Yeah, I, I think he could be close to that mix. He didn't have a great year last year, but I think he still showed at times that he could be an elite quarterback. So Brady putting that out today. If you had to decide today whether Tom Brady's playing next year or not, you would say what? I feel like he's playing. So do I. So do I. I don't think he can I, leave. I his feel blood. like it's not a hundred percent. I feel like there's a lot of issues to potentially iron out. Like ownership, partial no, ownership I just, issues. Like in terms of what his role is going to be, and in, in terms of. It's got to be the right fit, right? So I think they have to work through, is he the right fit? In terms of what he wants to do, right? Rather than this is what we're doing as an organization. It's like, here's how I'm going to operate. Does this work with within your framework? In terms of philosophies and, and everything like that. On and off the field. But I don't think it's that complicated. I think it's Miami. Like, yeah, I think he's going to Miami yeah, or he's not playing. Well, and and that's what I'm saying. I think it is Miami as well, but it's it's going to be Miami within the philosophies and framework of what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really sure. Like, you, you look at what happened in Tampa Bay and the fact that, you know, Bruce Arians pretty much had to quit to to make things work there, right? Yep. And so I think he wants to ensure that this isn't another Tampa Bay situation where he's going to have to quit because their philosophies don't mesh. Well, he's going to have to come to some sort of agreement, right, with McDaniel, who I think Miami wants to keep for a long time. Regardless of what we all think of him, I think Miami believes in Mike McDaniel right now. So if I'm McDaniel, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. If I know I'm going to be there or at least get paid accordingly to be there for a number of years, that so I'm going to outlast Tom Brady, whether he comes here or not. So yeah, thing, I'll work with him. I went to that game in Buffalo when the Bills beat the Dolphins in the playoffs and Skylar McDaniel was at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady doesn't have to be 
and look, again, self-inflicted errors by the Buffalo Bills, but if Tom Brady is the quarterback that day, Miami Dolphins win that game. Right. Not because Tom Brady would have been anything like Mahomes or Burrow or anything like that. Mm -hmm. He just needed to keep it up. They needed someone that could keep it on the tracks. And I get it. McDaniel was their third-string quarterback. But I feel like there's a pretty good group there that if Tom went there and played slightly above average, they're a real good team. I agree. If he can be that and fit into the concept, he just, he wants to do a lot of things his own way. And if he doesn't get it, it's a little bit of the, the sulks from Tom Brady. Like he does things his own way and I get it. He's earned a lot of different things in his life, but at this time, can you go in there and completely do things your own way and think that it's going to all work out? I just don't know. You can put his ego aside. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. It'll be great when the Jets are four and one. Man, he'll be riding high and everything will be fantastic. But when they get on a three game losing streak and the media gets Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, they, they were four and eight and got themselves right back in it, right? Like But he cannot take criticism. And the Green Bay media were not the harshest. Critics. A lot of quarterbacks that can't and don't. Okay, but he's near the top or at the top of the list of guys that try to come across as secure that are not secure at all. So if he gets himself bent out of shape about Green Bay media and some yeah, of the media. Yeah, it's not about Green Bay. It's it, it's a national league, right? Like that's that's the thing. It is a national league. And, and from that perspective, I don't think playing in markets like – like the NHL is more of a regional league. That's why there's certain markets that are difficult mm-hmm. or more difficult when it comes to media. I just feel like the media, no matter where you go in the NFL, is going to be it's 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 going to be the same. So yeah, I mean it's a little more pronounced in New York City, but this is more about like a lot of his beefs are about the national media. I don't think he had a lot of beefs with the Green Bay media. Right, because the Green Bay media, I don't think, are very harsh. New York media, totally different story. But I understand what you're saying. It is more of a national media league. Anyway, let you know by 4 o'clock if there's any more moves and franchise tags. And Geno Smith got his deal done last night. Seahawks. Yeah, well deserved, right? He was he was real good last year for Seattle. Yeah. The Dolphins will release Byron Jones, save themselves almost fourteen million on their cap by doing that. Never a dull day. I saw DeAndre Hopkins put out some video after his three years in Arizona. Where's he going to go next? A lot of people are saying Dallas. If he goes there, Zeke's going to have to take a big cut if Zeke wants to stay. So every team's got something, right? Derek Carr is going to New Orleans. You mentioned yesterday the four teams in the division going to have new quarterbacks. Three bad ones, and now the Saints are, I think, average enough to win the division. (laughs) Average enough. I don't disagree. Doesn't have to be great. It feels like an 8-9 and division win for the uh, New Orleans Saints this year. 
Never a dull day, though, in the NFL. That's for sure. Take a break. Back Connors Vita with your look at traffic and weather. And when we come back, we'll stick with some football. The second full-time female coach in the Canadian Football League, Nadia Decour, the Ottawa Red Blacks, will join us next here on The Drive on TSN 1200. The Drive continues on TSN 1200. Welcome back to The Drive. Lever Sage, AJ Jack, you back. Matt Conisvita. Let's go to the Gabriel Pizza Hotline. And we welcome in Nadia Ducour, the Ottawa Red Blacks, the offensive quality control coach, second full-time female coach in CFL history, and very happy to have Nadia here on the program. Nadia, how are you? Great, and yourself? Doing really well. Yeah, ex- awesome. <laughs> excellent here, and uh, congratulations, Nadia. What, what does it mean to you uh, to be, I mean, there's certainly been more opportunities for women in football. We're seeing it in the NFL. We're seeing it uh, in the Canadian Football League. But to be the second CFL coach uh, full-time uh, as a woman, what does that mean to you? I will say first, it's not about being a woman. It's for me, for myself uh, personally, is being full-time. Because I've been in in the football world for so long that uh, coming back full-time here in Canada means a lot for me, for sure. So tell us about what it's been for you, like what it's like long time. What does that mean for you in the game of football? What have you done previous to this? So previous to this, so when I first started, I was not allowed to play. So that was the thing. So I play flag and rugby to have both of this. And because I was doing as well kinesiology on the side, I seen that um, I can go to coaching and ref, uh, which was the side. So I coach a flag, I coach football, I ref uh, some of the um, seniors guys and so on, so on. So I get as well my national certification. I work for the federation uh, for almost two years, as well as for the league in terms of development, uh, coaching, what else I did, I did so much, (laughs) training, um, as well as ID camp, and and then I lost my job. So no more full-time in football, and I decided what's next for me. So I went back to school, got a a different degree, I had a visa, and I found a job in Canada. So let's go to Canada. So that's how I moved about almost 10 years now. 2024 will be 10 years. Um, and then guess what? I still have football in my luggage. <laughs> so what is it about um, football and coaching that uh, it, you know makes you so passionate about both? I think it's because... So first, for first and foremost is the team teamwork. When I first discovered, I've seen that there is a large... Um, coaching staff and not a lot of sports have that. So having five to, I will say max 10, 12 coaches in the team makes uh, something very, for me, very um, motivating because you have to work with different profile, adapting yourself, different situation, the coaching staff, the coaching staff uh, change. Uh, so this is something that really motivates me. And then uh, in terms of the technicality as well of football. So, so many different positions. And I think it comes with the coaching too. Um, 
when I remember I was uh, playing rugby, it's a staff of three coaches, very basic. So we don't we have offense and defense, but now we have special team as well. So all those teams, like I'm a team player as well as a, uh, I like to play, I like to work with people as well. So it, it really match that sport really match who I am and actually um, make me who I am right now today as well. Nadia Ducour, <laughs> the offensive quality control coach for the Ottawa Red Blacks, joining us here on the drive. Just in the last couple of years, you've joined the Carlton Ravens, first female coach there. You were a scout for the Red Blacks in 2022 and now working here with the group. So you've been involved with the university kids. You've been involved in the scouting world and now here on the coaching staff with the players. How have you been received in all of these different situations? So first, uh, university, very welcoming, like uh, nothing about like no, no, nothing about who I was or what was my experience. It was really what you're doing right now, what's like, how you can help the team, how can you be in the team. That was my first year when I was at the university because they didn't know and I joined the team very late in the season. So that was most of that. And then the second year was more like, okay, I'm going to be on defense with Coach Alex as well as what would be my job during practice as well as uh, during games. So we have more uh, objective uh, the second year, but all welcoming even after the coaching staff change um we we all work as hard as everyone like i didn't work as more than anybody else we were a team same with the i will say the the university in general very uh very open to that uh to have a new team member which is a female in football um and scouting uh, basically, I was like, okay, let me see what I can do to help. And then I never done scouting, but I'm willing to learn. And they give me the, the tools and they, I learn. They show me how to actually made everything. And uh, I really enjoy that part because I actually learn so much things that I haven't seen before. Like, you know, all those little details, depending on the position that you're not, because I'm more on offensive uh, since I started. But uh, during the scouting, I had the chance to actually talk with coaches and pro personnel about defense and uh, see on video uh, how the defense. So it was really a good transition between Carlton and the scouting. So having worked in the organization already, uh, what can you tell us about uh you know, Bob Dice and, and your uh, working relationship in, with him and, and wanting to work with him on a full-time basis? So I still remember last year when uh, during training camp, we talked about the tool that I actually created for Carlton about special team. And it was, it was very, um, here, like we had a one-on-one about what it is, how can we use it. And um, I remember... In the beginning, I was like, I, I, I don't mind if you don't use it, but at least you can see it and see how it works. And it re- it, I was very surprised. I was like, yeah, show me, show me how it is. Especially, what, you know, during training camp is very stressful, right? We have that short period of time actually to, um, to uh, get ready for the season. 
So I was I was very happy that he actually listened to me. That's one. And then we had that um, uh, that conversation about what the tool, what's the thing after, how can we use it. So I was very happy with that, even if he didn't use it. As well as during training camp, the same uh, when we had a special team on the field. And I say, Nadia, come over here. <laughs> you come to the station and then you help. Okay, I'll do. What do I do? <laughs> so these, uh, I think that relationship was already there last year when we did the training camp. This year, um, it will be pretty much the same. Uh, yes, it's a stress environment but i'm used to stress environment for sure <laughs> and uh and then yeah it's going to be a great year for sure and what about very exciting <laughs> and and what about kahari jones so what do you know about him and and how excited are you to work with uh, a guy on that side of the ball offensively who's going to run the offense so i'm um, like i did a couple of research about him and his career so i don't know him personally yet I met him a couple of times online because we had a couple of uh, e-meetings since. Uh, but very exciting with the entire team as well as uh, Coach Joan. Um, we're going to learn to work together. That's how it is, right? Starting a new job with a new team. Uh, so I, I know his history of in football, but I'm, uh, I'm very excited to work with him and learn how he works. So when people say that you're the offensive quality control coach, you must have to explain to them exactly what that is. So when people ask you, okay, what does your job title mean? What do you tell them? So I won't go to the title. I will say what I'm doing, which is easier and uh, I will say clearer for people to, to, to see. So one of the examples is I will be doing the scouting guides every week. Um, one will be doing cut videos, uh, some will be draw plays, um, some will be, um, um, what is this, populating as well the, um, the, the cutting on DV sports as well. So a couple of things that people can actually see, tangible things, you know. Uh, this is uh, for some of the people who actually follow football. This is a job where it was already there. It's just now it's, it has a title and it's specific, very specific, right? <laughs> Does it feel to you like there's, you know, with, with moves like this and you see coaches in the National Football League and college football, uh, Catherine Raish moving up uh, the, the, the ladder when it comes to executives in the NFL, that there are more opportunities right now for women in the sport? Yes. Hello? I, I love it. Just there's lots more opportunities for mm-hmm. you to be able to like do you look at yourself as a person breaking some 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 glass and, and understanding that the path forward for some others are behind you because of what you're doing? Does that factor into your thought process? Not not that really, because um, I've been in football for so long that, yes, breaking barrier, probably because nobody will do it before. But if somebody did it before, I'm fine with that. Like, yes, I know that I have some of objectives that I wanted to reach. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's 
like, yes, I can. I'm, I'm very happy that now the door is open. That's why I said now the door is open for future generation. And I love that. Um, because that's why I said to coach that I will never imagine being 24, 23 years ago. I will never imagine being in his office and having that interview with him. So, um, this is something like we, like, as you said, we have more and more opportunity for women, which is great. Um, means that everyone can do any job. Well, and I think man or woman, the resume and the experience that you have makes you a very deserving coach in the Canadian football league. So congratulations and look, look forward to seeing you down on the field and throughout hopefully a very successful campaign for the Red Blocks. Thank you very much. Thank you, Nadia. There goes Nadia Ducour. Offensive quality control coach for the Ottawa Red Blocks and the Gabriel Pizza Hotline. Gabriel Pizza, the official pizza, the Ottawa Senators. Uh, she's not kidding. Her resume yeah. is a long one of what she's probably had to do to move up in the world of football. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I look forward to getting to know her a little bit more as the season progresses. And I know there's a nice meet and greet on Thursday with the coaching staff and looking forward to getting to that uh, before the show on Thursday, but I think real telling as well was just how receptive Bob Dice was mm-hmm. to what she was bringing to the table last year as a guest coach at training camp, right? And a lot of people would have thought and probably still think that Bob Dice is the best special teams coach in the league going into last year. And so for him to be receptive to others coming in with different ideas tells you a lot about Bob Dice. Well, you're the best at what you do in something because you listen to ideas, not because this is what we've done and I'm not willing to change because everything always changes in sports. You can always learn things. You can always gain new ideas. You're never fully done. doesn't matter how much success you've had, right? Mm-hmm. That's why you have to keep, keep learning, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work, being open-minded to other ideas. The, the best coaches, I feel, and we, we've heard it with Dave Smart as well. He doesn't want yes men on his staff. Nope. He, he wants people that are going to challenge him, challenge him, challenge the staff, come up with different ideas, and let's see what works and what doesn't. Just trying to think if that meet and greet is for the media to meet the coaches or the coaches to be able to meet you. I don't think it's the latter. Works both ways. Well, it's exciting. It'll be very exciting. I just hope that for the Ottawa Red Blocks, it feels so much different this year. And I know people don't necessarily want to hear that until they see it on the field. But you can only start with where you are now, and it just feels so much different. I don't know if it's a weight that's been lifted. Uh, I don't know why, AJ, it feels so different. Maybe it's just because the head coach feels like the right guy and then everything underneath him ends up being a, a good decision because the guy in place as the head coach is the right guy. Yeah. I feel good about the staff. I, I do from mm-hmm. general manager to, you know, who's on his staff to head coach to who's on his staff and training staff and everything. I feel good about everything that way. And now they just have to put it together on the field, right? Yep. Simple as that. There's no grand 
pronouncements about how good this team is going to be and how many wins they're going to have. I do think they're going to be better. I think they're going to win more games. I think they're going to be in the mix for a playoff spot. Beyond that, we'll wait and see, right? Yeah. They they need their quarterback to stay healthy and, and, and play at a – doesn't have to play at an MOP level, but a reasonably high level. That's – if if you if you get that, then I think they've got a real chance to be good. But and there's, you know that that that's a big if, right? It, it, especially the health part, and that's something you can't really control. Doesn't and just because he's had a couple of major injuries doesn't necessarily mean that he's more susceptible to another one. But it is one of the big ifs, and it's a big if everywhere around the league because. The reality is right now in the Canadian Football League, the depth of talent when it comes to the quarterback position isn't what it used to be. There's no there's no team with Dunnigan, Allen, and Ham as their one, two, and three quarterbacks. Amazing. Just listening to that, right? One, two, and three. <laughs> anyway, they dug themselves into a big hole over the past few years, and again... We'll talk about what's on the field in the months to come when the games get going. I just feel like they fix some of the issues yeah. off of the field and coaching staff. They've they've they're much more aligned now and feel like they have the right people in place. How I feel is cautiously optimistic that they're going to have a good season, but there's still caution, right? Mm-hmm. It's fun to find out, though. Look forward to the Red Black season. When we come back, we'll get back into a few text messages at 12-1200. Ian Mendez and the coach of the year. AJ locked him down. The shooter, Brad Smith, going to join us in the 4 o'clock hour as well. Here on The Drive on TSN 1200. Let's get back to The Drive on the home of the Sens. TSN 1200. Couple of texts coming in at twelve twelve hundred about the NFL. I guess I'll ask you, AJ. Do they pair together with the franchise tag deadline coming up at four o'clock in the NFL? One of them says, "Hey guys, any news on the Giants' contract situation with Danny Dimes or Saquon Barkley?" And then the other one says, guys, I'd like to hear you discuss the decision by the Ravens to use a non-exclusive franchise tag for Lamar Jackson, which they have done earlier this hour. So with the non-exclusive franchise tag, they've signed him to what, $32.4 million a year. But other teams have a right to go out and make him an offer that he could sign and the Ravens would have the opportunity to match if they don't two first-round picks go the other way. Right now, nothing on Danny Dimes. And if they don't get a contract in the next 10 minutes, they'll franchise him. Maybe non-exclusive. I don't know. But they'll probably have to franchise him. And the Saquon Barkley, the latest we have is that the Negotiations have stalled. 
Yeah, I mean, it leads you to believe, okay, could Lamar Jackson end up in New York and Aaron Rodgers end up in New York at the same time? Mm. But, I mean, we've got we've got an offseason now with Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, and potentially Tom Brady where they could all move teams if Tom decides not to retire. At the very least, let's just forget about Tom for the moment. Oh, thank you. Thank you. The other two, I mean, these are these are monumental shifts, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about major shifts in the landscape of the NFL based on where these two end up. The Jets reportedly uh, they got the private plane off to California to meet with Aaron Rodgers. With the president, the GM, the coach, the offensive coordinator. They're all there. Full court press. They're all on the plane. And you feel like the same thing is going to happen with Lamar Jackson here. And it feels like someone's going to give him that guaranteed money that he wants. And then up to Baltimore to decide, okay, we weren't willing to do this in negotiations. Are we willing to do it now? But I feel like. If the Ravens' position was on one side and Lamar Jackson's was on the other, so let's say the Ravens are on the left and Lamar Jackson is on the right, I feel like now that we've reached this point, the the offer that Lamar Jackson is going to get or some of the offers that are you are going to get are not going to be in between where Jackson and the Ravens were in that kind of gulf of, okay, they're offering this, you're offering this, the offers are going to come in the middle. I feel like the offers are going to go to the right of Lamar Jackson. And so it feels to me inevitable that Lamar Jackson is going to be like, man, this is, and is, is his people would know this, right? You, you, every, every agent, they, they know the landscape around the league. They know what you're going to be able to get especially the good ones. And and so it feels like he's going to get more than even Lamar would have compromised to. And that's going to be way more than the Ravens feel that they want to give up in terms of guaranteed money. It feels like he's gone. Yeah, I'll simplify it even more. If they wanted to keep Lamar Jackson and have him be their starting quarterback, for the next number of years, they would have come to an agreement by now and not signed them to some piece of paper that says, well, other teams can go talk to you and give you a better offer and we'll get two first round picks because that sounds like we would like you as a backup plan, but we are not willing to give you that money. And if somebody else is willing to give you the money, good on you, but we're moving on. You asked me in the break what I thought the first team and the first team that comes to mind is Vegas. Right? Don't have a quarterback. Yeah. Bright lights, big city. Feels like a Lamar Jackson type of place. Um, but well, it feels like if they moved on from Derek Carr, they moved on from Derek Carr because they thought they were going to upgrade there. Yes. And there's, I guess, three possible, Like, right? If you talk about Tom Brady well, as you well. You were telling me we weren't talking about Tom Brady. No. <laughs> but yeah, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson. All upgrades on Derek Carr. So if Aaron Rodgers ends up in New York with the Jets, 
then you would think that the Raiders are one of those teams that would absolutely offer a lot to bring in Lamar Jackson. Yep. Well, who else is out there that they could upgrade over Derek Carr? Now, here's another interesting one. Would be the Tua situation. If Tom Brady goes back to Miami. Tom Brady goes to Miami. Tua's going to be available for somebody. Is that an upgrade? Over Derek Carr? I don't know. To be honest. I... What two are you getting, right? I mean, we, we saw some really good things last year where it looked like he was starting to live up to his p- potential, but then, you know, some pretty serious injuries, and especially when you're talking about concussions. Mm-hmm. I, so it could be an upgrade, but it feels like it could be like all the pieces that were in place in Miami as well, right? Skill position players, O-line. Everything was in place there for him mm-hmm. to to have the type of success that he had. And he and look the the Dolphins when he was healthy and starting, they were a really good football team. So you have to give him a lot of credit for that. I just think that's a it, it's a bit of a wild card, right? It's a better option than a lot. If Tom Brady ends up going, deciding to play again, and, and ends up in Miami. Probably one of your best bets out there, but you'd much rather have some of the certainty, I think, that comes with. Say what you will about Aaron Rodgers, right? You're you're talking about three different, from Aaron Rodgers to Lamar Jackson to Tua, right? You're talking about Aaron Rodgers, and what concerns do you have about his dur- durability to play each week? How about zero for me? Mm-hmm. For sure. How, how about zero? For a guy like Lamar Jackson... You know, that's why Baltimore, I don't think, wants to give him that kind of guaranteed money. I would agree. And then for a guy like Tua, I'd be nervous as hell. Yeah, with it being able to predict, I I would concur with your assessment. The other thing about the Giants, they wanted to go get Lamar Jackson and give up two first-round picks. This would be the time to do it. Who thought that the Giants would be picking 25th? coming up this year. And if you get Lamar Jackson, you're probably thinking you'll be in the twenties next year as well. This is not going to be a top five pick. If you're ever going to do it, wouldn't it be now? Wouldn't it be something to all of a sudden go from the quarterbacks we've seen in New York the last few years, post Eli Manning, both for the jets and the giants (laughs) to Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson in one offseason. I would put both right now in my mind. I put Vegas one, the Giants two, Baltimore three on the Lamar Jackson list. Yeah, I guess there's, I mean, you wonder, is Carolina, could they offer him that much money? You wonder. Guaranteed. I don't know. It doesn't feel like an organization that could be able to do that. But maybe I'm wrong. Oh, ever you don't think they could money wise? I don't think there's a organization that couldn't. Pretty good weapons. Like the Giants were really good this year, right? Won a playoff game. Put themselves in the last eight in the NFL.
Franchise tag deadline coming up here in a few minutes in the NFL. We're going to come back. Both Ian Mendez and Brad Smith will join us in the next hour. We'll get back to talking some sense here on the station that airs every single game. Thursday night, 10 o'clock in Seattle. The Ottawa Senators and the Kraken here on TSN 1200.